Hey, it's the Speak Podcast with Pete and uh, Adam. Hey, Rob's over there on the left. How you doing? Hello. Thank you for listening to us. Or uh, that should be at the end. Yeah, Hello. you're concluding before we began. I hope you look forward to listening to us. Enjoy. There we go. You didn't even like attempt to foreshadow or give a hook or why should they care to want to listen? You should listen to us because that's you... actually a pretty valid question. Why should they listen? To I you? I still am trying to come up with an answer to that because we're great. You probably accidentally hit play or you're being tortured right now. Uh, so we talk about beer. I'm a little disturbed, but I'm just not going to address it. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. So tonight, tonight, the beer of the night is double IPAs. And according to the Beer Judge Certification Program, uh, double IPAs are an American craft beer innovation first developed in the mid-1990s, reflecting the trend of American craft brewers pushing the envelope to satisfy the need of hop aficionados for increasingly intense products. Became more mainstream and popular throughout the 2000s and inspired additional IPA creativity. Hop flavor is strong and complex and can reflect a characteristic of modern American or New World hop varieties. Citrus, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, melon, etc. High to absurdly high hop bitterness. Absurd. Low to medium malt flavor, generally clean and grainy malty, although low levels of caramel or toasty flavors are acceptable. Low to medium fruitiness is acceptable, but not required. A long lingering bitterness is usually present in the aftertaste, but should not be harsh. Dry to medium dry finish should not finish sweet or heavy. A light, clean, smooth alcohol flavor is not a fault. Oak is inappropriate in this style. Maybe slightly sulfury, but most examples do not exhibit this character. Slight butt. I don't. But why is butt related to sulfur? Does your butt farts like smell like sulfur? Mine don't. They smell like eggs. But sometimes I eat eggs, so they smell like eggs after I eat eggs. But I never eat sulfur, so it can't smell. What like does sulfur smell like? Hell. <laughs> the devil. Cloven hooved animals. No. I, no, first off. You're trying to say hell but, smells like bacon? But yes, also, sulfur is most usually described as having a rotten egg smell. Oh, well. Yes, I fire sulfur. Also, this beer is like a millennial. The style. That's disappointing to me. I thought it had more age on it. Well, 75, that's... Uh, 1990s. Oh, well, I mean, the, uh, the original IPA was 1975, if you're listening. That has not actually been aired yet. What? I thought we just talked about all that. We did, and then we started all over. Oh my god! So I we, it? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> we had a bit of a to, to clue everyone in. We had a bit of a technical mishap early on, where we discussed things that Adam managed to retain because Adam only retains things when they fuck the dog. <laughs> the entire dog. Does that smell like sulfur? Ain't never been there. Don't really know, but you got a can. I mean, that one, yeah. That so one. from 18th Street, from 18th Street Brewery, we have their Deal with the Devil Double IPA. Uh, our fiendishly delicious pale ale Deal with the Devil is back, and it's sporting a new look. Coming in at 8.5 percent, this brew is low in bitterness but huge in tropical flavors. Stop into our Hammond Brew Pub and Miller Tap Room to pick up a 16 pack today, or a 16 ounce four pack today. A 16 pack would be a lot cooler. As uh, as previously stated, 8.5% alcohol by volume. 
All right. And it's got your buddy, the devil. Oh, hey, Satan, watch out. Yeah, you got a, you got a devil. There's horns. He's sitting in a chair. Um, there's symbols around him. Symbols Circle. What? There's like symbols and... Did you say symbols around him? Yeah, like on his ah. chair. Um, he's wearing a blue robe. So, based off that, uh, you're going to get that bitterness because their horns are kind of black, so that's that bitter taste. Um, you're going to get a little bit of fruit because red symbolizes strawberries and strawberries is fruit. And then the blue is going to be kind of that crisp, clean finish. Most like when you drink water, there's that crisp finish. Um, so, yeah. You might have hard water. What? <laughs> I mean, it just leaves like spots everywhere. He lives in central Indiana, so he does, in fact, have hard water. If I don't filter it, it hurts. It doesn't. Feels weird though. It leaves like marks everywhere, hey, and like man, it kind of spending a lot of time not up. getting your beer sample, and now a lot of time getting your beer sample. There's a whole lot of time. I don't want to spill. Since when? Since New Year, New You? Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> Smells nice. Not like butt. No. Scale of one to ten. Ten being Satan. How much butt you getting? Guess no butt. Maybe a little bit of butt taste, like a one of butt taste. Um, get the bitterness on the back end. Pretty strong bitter. I smell some fruit, but I don't really get any fruit in the taste. There's, uh, there are definitely tropical fruit notes in there. Uh, bitter, also an interesting creaminess to this beer, which I wasn't quite expecting. I get some malt, kind of toward the middle end. And an interesting kind of like effervescence on my tongue. I don't, um, I don't know why you that. use that qualifier because where else would it be? See, you're like me now. I suppose you're, you're new like you. him now. Hooray. No, but you, does anyone else kind of get that like a little Bubbly? tongue tingly? Yeah. Okay. But I get that a lot. Like a snake. They taste with their tongue. I'm not like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I just show you guys now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, so I'm going to just default to nothing. Okay. He's so, up to speed. Yeah, listen, it's it's up to you now, Snake Boy. All right. Uh, um, because, you know, snakes taste like taste with their tongue, unlike all other things that have taste buds on their tongue. Or maybe they, they do more with their tongue than I can do with mine, like they sense different things. Smell? Or, Maybe no. that's it. They smell with their tongue? Maybe that's it. It doesn't matter. Why are we talking about <laughs> animals? Because they're cute. Um, so I will rate this and then explain why I rate it, as is tradition. Um, I'm going to give it... Quit molestering the mic stand. Sorry. I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'll give it a half salad. Um, the bitter back end to me is kind of the big thing I'm winning the most of. Kind of that linger and that tongue feeling. I don't get as much uh, fruit... Or juiciness as I was expecting. Quit um, molestering your arm. Quit <laughs> rubbing things. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Can I rub my hands? No. T- together? Um, yeah. So to me, it's just to me, it's just uh, overly bitter, and that's everything's itchy, and that's kind of like the uh, I don't know. That's kind of the feeling I'm left with. It's just that bitterness. But the tongue thing is kind of fun. Tasting, smelling, like the tingling. Ah. So your tongue thing, not the snake tongue thing. No. Not yet. So this beer rates a solid for me. Uh, I I like the tropical notes. Uh, It drinks easier than than I was expecting it to. It's definitely not... um, 
it's definitely not like a massive hop bomb, right? There is the bitterness there, which is expected. But again, the the main thing that I get out of this is this is a, a very creamy beer. I mean, it's it's got good flavor. It's got the effervescence, which I think helps clean things up a little bit. You get those those tropical, juicy notes, a little bit of pine, a little bit of resin, but uh, certainly not cranked up to eleven by any stretch. This is uh, this is this is pretty drinkable. It's a solid for me. I like the tropical flavor. I like the malt. Good bit of effervescence there. I find enjoyable. The reason that it only gets a solid is a pint is probably good for me. So I don't know if it's. Uh, I don't know if it's a daily driver, so to speak, but it's definitely enjoyable. And from 18th Street, the bar's pretty high to begin with, so they've definitely cleared the bar and they continue to do good things. I haven't really seen this one out and about, so it's nice also to see something new from them kind of out in circulation. I'm also, maybe I'm nuts here, I'm also getting just a little bit of, like, vanilla. I ain't getting kind that. Of on, kind of on the finish, but... But yeah, I it's it's there's a there's a little bit of of sweetness there kind of right before the bitter builds in that I find to be fairly interesting. I don't know that I can liken this to anything. It's almost approaching God, and I hate that it's always kind of the the weird IPA that we reference, but like hop lunacy. It's almost got um a similar mouth feel to me and a little bit of a sensation in that the a little bit of a boozy sting on the tongue. Um, flavor profile is certainly not the same, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe out on an island on this one. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh. I mean, you could be, you could be on an island, but you're there with us. You've misunderstood the- everything. You've misunderstood everything for pretty much all of your life. So, uh, our second beer Damn. from our, uh, from, from the good people at Cigar City Brewing. We have their Florida Man double IPA. The world needs heroes, and in our state of Florida, only a very special hero will do. A hero with a shark tooth around his neck, a Grim Reaper tattoo on his arm, and a rap sheet longer than his mama's mustache. A hero who's forgotten more uh, forgotten more about amateur taxidermy and alligator wrestling than you'll ever know. What better way to pay tribute to our beloved Florida man than with a big old double India pale ale brewed with a nearly criminal amount of hops in a moderate bitterness that just about matches Florida man's general disposition. This hopped up whopper of a beer is big in character and guaranteed to sear itself into your memory, just like the world's worst superhero, Florida man, ABV 8.5%, IBUs 50. Why did you make a face when... A mother's mustache was referenced. I happen to know at least one of yours has had one. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. The can says different things than what you said, but mostly the same meaning. Yeah, good for it. All right. So I'm kind of disappointed in the can. There's no Florida man. There's an alligator. Wait, or no, would that be a crocodile if it's in Florida? Florida has alligators. It's an alligator because alphabetical, I think, is American. Okay. So it's an alligator and there's an alligator next to the Florida sign, and there's some trailers and stuff in the background that are on fire, so that's not key. Uh, the alligator's biting a beer can that's exploded in his mouth, kind of squirting everywhere. I promise I won't punch you if you spend the rest of the episode speaking into the microphone and not beside it. <clears throat> so if I don't, I get punched? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a veiled threat. 
It's not really veiled, though. <laughs> not really that much at all. But it's him. I'm impressed he picked up on it. I mean, yeah, it's kind of obvious that you wanted to punch me. I mean, that's usually the feeling I get anyway. So it's not really that different. I just assume you want to punch me. <laughs> and Rob, sometimes. But not now. So, uh, based off this, <laughs> it's going to it's gonna taste like beer because there's beer on it. Um, alligators, we all know, can be kind of bitter and uh, vengeful. So that's what the alligator represents. What does vengeance taste like? What does vengeance taste like? You know, um, bitterness. Just like a little bit stronger. And it's going to have a bit of a kick because of the fire. So it's going to be kind of a... Bernie? No. Because I know the style is probably not going to be Bernie. So I need a... It's got 8.5. Yeah, the there you go. Hey, so it might get a little bit of a boozy taste, which is the fire. So yeah. and Fire tastes like booze? Maybe some resin because that that one's made out of wood. Yeah, no, whatever. Drink the beer. Don't don't you dare ask a question. You drink the beer. I just seek knowledge. No, you don't. You're asking him questions. I know things. <laughs> I think when I just... <laughs> Why, when you make a statement like that, does it just come out creepy? Was that the intention, or you, you're just... It's weird, man. No, no, how is that creepy? I know things. Yeah, how am I supposed to say it? <laughs> I know things. Is that better? I don't know that that was creepy so much it was just a bald-faced lie. Um, get some juiciness, some fruit. Little, little bit of bitterness, but not overpowering. Yeah, uh, it, it is juicy. Uh, this one, the alcohol translates a little bit more. This one, this one tends to warm you up a little bit more than the last one did. I'm going to disagree. Interestingly enough. You can't. No tongue tingles, but more fruity. A little less bitter, but... In kind of the place of the bitter, I get some resin. So mild, juicy, fruity throughout, and a slightly bitter, but more resinous finish. I don't know if I get resin, but I'll try now to see. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give this a... I'll give this one occasionally. Um, it's pretty easy drinking, definitely juicy. Um, it's not, like, too overpowering or anything. It doesn't... I mean, there's that slight booze kick, but not enough where I'd be like, oh, no, my throat, or whatever, wherever booze hits, my brain, my blood. So, um, I like it, yeah, I mean, and, it, and it's... Do you get blood to your brain? I think so. I mean, I'm alive. Can you call that living? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the time it took you to consider that is a little alarming. I mean, we call people in comas living, so I'm doing better than that. You made it dark, bro. Come on. How? <laughs> this will be a day long. Mostly for me. This will be a mostly for me. Uh, up around here, pretty much all of the offerings that you can find from Cigar City are their their pails and IPAs. Um, and I got to say, uh, I really like cigar city to start with but of all of them so far this one is my favorite it again has that that tropical juiciness uh it's definitely got the bitter but it it doesn't tend to linger very long again um it's definitely an easier drinking beer despite the fact that to peach point it does have some of that pininess that resinousness but you're not talking like a king sue you know, you're 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 not talking a crusher when it when it comes to the the heavy dank 
double IPAs. Uh, it's it's definitely more towards the juicier end. And again, I like kind of the warming effect there. It's not like the alcohol has a bite per se, but it's it's almost kind of like a wim- winter warmer in that respect, which is odd for an IPA. Is it just gives you gives you a a nice little glow down the center line. Cigar City has a high bar in and of itself because before we got it here in Indiana, it was way hyped. Everyone was like, man, if you go to Florida, Cigar City's it. It's the best brewery around. Um, now we get it up here, and we get it routinely. It's in most liquor stores. And I've got to say that this one is really no exception. I haven't had one and just thought, man, this isn't even close to worth the hype. This is just kind of an average beer. I find this to be a very good beer. Mostly, routinely, that's kind of where I'm going to put it. It has, um, I mean, it borders on refreshing to me, which is a little odd to say in a double IPA, but the the fruit juiciness is nice. It's pleasant. The finish with just a touch of bitter and resin, like Rob said, doesn't linger a ton, which kind of makes me want to go back in for another sip. And the eight and a half is relatively well disguised. Warming is fair, but I don't get a lot of it, you know, up in my mouth as I drink it the way of a a bitiness. So it's a little deceptive and it's approachable uh, with an asterisk. It's a double IPA, but it's approachable enough that I could go through, I think, a couple of them in a sitting and yeah, a couple of them in a sitting it could could lead to shenanigans. That's yeah. That's that's probably going to end up being a good night or a bad night. I mean, or either a, way. But. Or a Florida evening, eh? 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 Shut up. Yeah, I don't want to hear anymore. The finger guns didn't sell it. it no, it makes it kind of weird. Surely they came across yeah, in my stupid voice. You're though. not. You're not helping yourself any. So I. So this I think is. Both of these actually, I I think are. A really interesting example of kind of how IPAs have evolved, and I know that that we've talked about this both on the show and off the show often enough. Is that you know, craft beer tastes tend to go through cycles. You know, the the sours are still big, but not as big as they were. They were kind of the hot thing for a while. At one point, it was you know, stouts. The bigger the stout, the better. Um, IPAs seem to have kind of become the flagship for for craft brewing, um, and it's interesting to me that you're that, that not starting that for the last two maybe even three years they've kind of gotten away from where IPAs were going, you know, and you still can find some big, ugly, dank, you know, IPAs and doubles out there, you know, whether you're talking the old uh, Stone Ruination or, again, uh, the the stuff from Toppling Goliath or you know, what was uh, is the six-point resin, and you know, I mean, those really full-flavored, dank things. Um, it's really interesting to me that Juicy has kind of come into its own, where even in a double IPA, I should know better. Is this what you guys expect when when you grab a double IPA? Because it is not what I expect. To me, I almost expect something a little closer to a pale ale, but a bit hoppier and a bit boozier. Juicy is very nice to find here, and it's nice that 
you know, some breweries are exploring the space outside of Hazy, which is a an area of IPA that I know a lot of people dig, but just isn't for me. It was almost like the IPAs that, that I kind of fucks with personally were neglected a little bit in favor of Hazy. So it's nice to to see the juicy spread its wings into, into other variants of IPA and things like that. That's a real beer now. It's Peacock, man. You just got to let it fly. I think... Um, Peacocks can't fly. You're right. No, like due to kind of my stupidity, I think when I grab a can and it says something, I don't necessarily know what it's going to taste like based off the description, if that makes sense. So like if I see IPA, double dry hop, triple dry hopped, all those words. Well, this is just a double IPA. Okay. Not like a... And well, and the reason I make mention of it, because there's a distinction. A double IPA is a style. If you are dry hopping something, that kind of thing would be different. That's all. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I no. didn't mean to, to, to derail that <laughs> no. entirely. No, but it's... um, I guess... I don't know. Like I guess I, I should know the styles. I should understand better by now, but I, I don't know. Like I don't necessarily like... Because the, fir- the first one to me was really bitter. And then we had the second one, and it's like, oh, this is more juicy. So I guess I don't really make any prejudgments when I get offered stuff like this. It's just like, I'll try it and then understand. Because, I mean, it's the same style, right? We, we just drank two of the same style. But to me, the taste was f- pretty significantly different. And that I think if... I don't know. I think if you like offered somebody these two beers, I don't know if they would say they're the same style. Well, I don't know. Like It's just... The range is the range is becoming bigger and bigger, and more certain things fall under the umbrella of certain titles, where it's hard to like. But no, you wouldn't have one of these and think stout no, or no. pork yeah, or yeah. something like yeah. that. The hops would would probably take you the road of a pale or an IPA of some sort. Well, of I don't stuff. even know if I'd say well, hazy for that one, because like to me, it kind of has some of those hazy characteristics. It's not fully hazy, but there's kind of that that creaminess and that like juiciness. What? So part of it is a matter of creativity at least from where i'm sitting maybe not creativity i don't think that's the right word um i think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that unless you're entering these beers into a competition right style is is malleable um so the bjcp says hey to be considered to be considered this style at a show, it has to exhibit these characteristics, though even within that that realm, right, there's, there's a lot of wiggle room. But the fact of the matter is, you're a microbrewer, you know, if you're not interested in going out and grabbing, you know, gold medals and stuff like that, you can essentially call your beer what you want to call it. And it's not like, you know, it, it's not like you're going to go to jail, right? It's it's not like it's false advertising. Um, now, again, to get to the point where you're brewing as a job for a microbrewery, you have to know the styles, you have to know the rules, but that also means that in knowing the rules, you kind of know which rules that you can break and which rules you can't. So I think to, to Adam's point, it is just really fascinating to look at the wide variance in even pretty specialized styles, right? Like a, um, like a double IPA, right? That you can sit four from four different 
breweries right next to each other, and it's entirely possible that they're all going to be wildly different. Yeah. Um, you know, stouts, right? Some are kind of thin and, and a little watery. Some are thick and engine oil-like, and we're not even getting into the imperial stuff yet, even within just the stout category. You know, you, you can have kind of your... Uh, your more drinkable, cleaner stouts, and you can have your heavy molasses, you know, syrupy stouts. I haven't run into a beer that I've ever been able to identify sulfur, regardless of style, however. Am I either of you two? Yeah, no, I feel that that would be off-putting. We need to find one. Well, I wonder why... No, we don't. I wonder why it makes it into the BJCB guidelines. It's like, well, there may be some sulfur. What if because of the area we all grew up in, somehow we don't, we're unable to taste sulfur, but it's sulfur in there. Yeah, that's probably the most likely explanation. I've had local well water, and that can taste very much like sulfur. That's fair. That's fair. I also imagine that the guidelines are written for people who have far better palates than we do, who can like actually pick those things out. It's entirely possible that we've had hundreds of beers that have a slight sulfur taste to it. We just don't know the difference. Well, Brewdog, for example, and there's a couple of other breweries that go through great lengths, even some here locally, to recreate water from a specific place. So yeah. they'll put in minerals, take out minerals, you know, how they treat it, whether it's reverse osmosis or whatever the case may be. Um, so, yeah, being that in our area you can find some water that has at least a sulfur odor. I'm wondering if that was kind of a, a holdover from... The olden times? Yeah, a little bit. You know, because moonshiners and things like that, the whole deal, you know, is we're using a stream and it's local yeah. water and it's got to be hidden so you probably don't have, you know, the commercial filtration and things like that. I wonder if you could go into your local neighborhood pub that maybe kind of brewed their own beer and it's like, yep, they... uh they use the local well water here. I what so from my understanding, which is granted quite limited, um, one of the the brewers' main jobs is to know water quality. You know, they're not just going to get again well water that smells like rotten eggs and make beer out of that because that's you know that will not make good beer. That will probably not make very good beer. It will end up Schlitz. However, even a lot of your actual honest-to-God moonshiners tend to operate with fairly decent water, mainly because most of your moonshiners tend to come from places where the streams, the brooks, the whatever are naturally filtered through limestone. If you, if mm -hmm. you see whiskey distillers in places, you know, limestone filtered, filtered water, limestone acts as a natural water filter. So it pulls out a lot of, not all, but a lot of the both harmful and bad tasting things that naturally occur in, you know, river, you know, stream water, brook water, whatever you want to call it. Well, my thought was pre-prohibition in that when you were talking neighborhood bar, we're genuinely talking about for the neighborhood back when everyone was slinging it, but I don't know if a great deal of people were also brewing it. And that's not quite a time when, uh, you know, the FDA was out, out so, on the prowl. and So basically saying that the description is still in there because it's a holdout from old times, but maybe necessarily now we're not getting as much sulfur in the beer to begin with. That's my curiosity. I, Rob is probably correct in that it's, it's something subtle that people with trained palates can pick out. 
in my mind, though, I'm just thinking, man, back in the day, people were just sending in whatever the hell they made and whatever the hell they drank. It's like, bro, it doesn't have to taste like that. You're doing it wrong. Like toilet hooch. Like toilet hooch, huh? Mm-hmm. It probably tastes like sulfur. I don't even think they call it that in prison. Toilet booze, or... You know, I think old... it, I think you putting toilet in front of whatever is what makes it off-putting. Oh, uh, Pruno, I think, is... is yeah. the, and that's actually more more closely associated with wine than beer. Well, learn something new. Are you brewing beer in your toilet? No. <laughs> no. No. Is it because you don't know how to brew beer? <laughs> that might be part of it. How well do you think the ceramic would hold up to boiling water? Probably okay. I would assume fine, yeah. So I need to go home it's, and pour hot water down the toilet, see what happens. Pour hot water down the toilet. Or th- the tank holds water and you just heat that up. Heat up my toilet? Like put a fire under my toilet? Don't do, don't do any of this. Don't. Do- Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So if if one were so inclined, you could heat it up, right? In the tank. And you could go ahead and drop in everything. You know, your old sock of goodies. Right. And then flush it. And you get it in the bowl where you collect it. This makes all kind of sense, Rob. Well, I mean, can't you just put it in the toilet bowl to start with? Because it's not going to naturally just go down in there, is it? I don't know. My way seems more fun. You flush it, and then beer comes down into the bowl. It'll be clean. Don't look at it. It'll be clean. A brand new toilet. So first time use. <laughs> it's my brewing toilet. I guess you'd have to like sanitize it I, first. I do have to ask. I assume that even you realize this is a joke, that this is not. this. You, you can't think that this stupidity is an actual idea. Well, yeah, people, I mean, it is, in the purest sense, an actual idea in that for whatever godforsaken reason this thought popped into your head. However, this is not a viable option by I any think stretch. You understand that, right? I, I feel tremendous. that I have to ask. Look, people put beaver butt excrement into beer and call it good. Oh, you get some vanilla and this and that. But No, look, they put castor oil, which is in every sense different from excrement, which yeah. has a very specific definition. Yeah, that's like squeezing the beavers. Not or kind of it's melting. It's not. Them. I mean, I don't <laughs> Listen, ignore this one, because that just... I think, I think it could be a fun marketing gimmick. Toilet beer. We got the supply line that feeds the tank, and then when you flush it, it drains into the old carboy for further fermentation. I mean, you got, you got multiple toilets. Just use one of those, then. It's got to be a brand new toilet that's never been crapped in. And then, again, we, there has to be some still, additional plumbing to route it to the but carboy. But I mean, you could probably clean it enough, or it'd be like... I There's no amount of cleaning <laughs> it enough to where I would brew in a used toilet. So, I mean, where are you going to find a new toilet? A hardware, the hardware store. store. Well, then where, where, you, <laughs> where the world o'er finds new toilets. Where, where, how do you think toilets happen? Well, I mean, like, I was trying to think of something like easier. Like you plant a toilet. <laughs> no, you think, take the seat off and bury it, and then it grows into a toilet? <laughs> okay, so if you go to a hardware store and then buy a new toilet and install it at your house, then that's okay. It's a new toilet that's never been crapped in. But the it pipes would still and all get that, sanitized. I mean, the pipes and all that stuff are still, like, pooped. The pipes are pooped. All right. I know I know that this is dumb, but not, but I feel compelled to explain. The supply line that would feed into said toilet yes. is always clean water. And I would not put it on the drain where the real toilet but lives once you because it would it, drain into a car. But once you flush it, it gets closer to the poop pipes. No, no. There are no poop pipes. The poop pipes are gone. But it, you connect it to the clean, poop pipes. No. Clean water comes into toilet. Yes. Toilet sits basically atop a glass carboy. So when I flush... It runs into the glass carboy. Yes, it goes down. Into a collector. Into the bowl. Wait, I'm going to... Wait, what? This... 
feels entirely too complicated. No, it's yeah. not. I'm just saying though, if the instead of a drain stack that it runs into, it just runs into a carboy. Well, it sits in the bowl. Tank right? flush yeah. goes to the bowl. Yes, but the bowl is connected to the poop pipes. No, there's no poop pipe. It's a brand new toilet. No poop pipe has ever been connected. It's not for a poop. Well, then you need to change so, your pipes. Then you need to change your so, pipes. It, no, stupid. No, no, no. What am no, I missing? No. What's first off? What he's saying is that you only need the toilet tank. That that the actual pedestal of the toilet is completely and utterly unnecessary. You simply need the toilet tank. So you shut off the toilet from any pipes. Yes. Oh. Well, except that that would make flushing difficult because there's no water feeding into it, which that's... Here's the other problem is that they're brewing devices made by Blickman that do... it, And many other companies that do exactly this that do not involve a goddamn toilet. I'll lay down the gauntlet. Blicklet. Blicklet. Blickman. Spike. uh, Anvil. And you guys want to send us some brewing equipment? We'll put it up against a toilet, and we'll see who comes out victorious. So you're buying a toilet? No, I'm just saying if they can't clear that hurdle, maybe they don't make good brewing equipment. Or maybe we're idiots. Or maybe both. Wait, what? I think it's it's the we're idiots thing. I think that that's mostly where we landed. There's at least a lot of that. At minimum, a lot of that. You're still stuck on toilet plumbing. And we moved way away from double IPAs, which is a shame because these were both well-received. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this episode, probably not so much, but these good beers. That's it, right? We're, I mean, our, our little symposium on toilet brewing is over, right? That's We finished it out. We can we can rubber stamp this one, put it in the can, and be done. I mean, oh, make, it's going to be discussed. Well, couldn't air. you make beer in the bathtub? That's usually you a can, place for distilling. You can, but not very well. Maybe a sink would be better then, right? <laughs> What? No, because no, <laughs> none of this is better. There's a reason that people don't do these things. That's because they're terribly inefficient and stupid. Besides, there's really not a lot of flawed logic there. However, brewing companies or companies that make brewing equipment will accept your stuff, and then I'll have to go out and buy a toilet and do my thing to compare. Really, you'll just have to buy the tank. I mean, yeah, the guts, pricey. I suppose, as well. That's. Well, you probably want an all-new one, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the point of the conversation. <laughs> there's from there's, the hardware store, <laughs> even. I mean, maybe on Amazon you can order one cheap. Or what if you get one of the fancy ones with all the buttons and you can like mix it differently? All oh, the buttons. Yeah, it can be like, oh, I'm gonna stir this. You got to go three half flushes and then one full flush in this recipe. Well, no, don't yeah, overdo it. Because then you got the butt spray, so maybe that can like help. That's stir. a day. That's not even the same thing. And it aims up, I guess, not down. Huh. Well, just trying to help. You poop weird. Yeah. <laughs> we probably- I know this. And we podcast weird. End this. Please, God, end this. It doesn't feel resolved, but okay. Good night.